and this is Homo Sound with Neve. Hello. <laughs> great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Nice, great. So um, you and I discussed about a couple of things tonight. Uh, do you want to start telling me how you started doing music? Uh, how did Mods came about actually? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I started doing music in, well, like three years ago when I moved to London. Um, oh no, well, I moved here five years ago, but I wasn't in music. Um, but yeah, I was doing a music production course in a place called Sub Bass Academy in Waterloo. Uh, I was doing music production there and I wasn't working or anything. I was just living off money that I had saved from my job and everything, um, which was back in Dublin for a few months. And I used that money to come back to London and do this course and just pay rent and yeah. But um, yeah, so I was studying music production and at the time I remember thinking like, oh, I'm doing this course, this is great, but also I should probably look into getting jobs now like related to the music industry because before that I was working in Topshop and then I was working as a barista and it was just, I was just terrible like I hated those jobs so much um, and I was thinking well I should probably get a job now that is related to music so um, while I was studying music production I started looking around online um, at internships in agencies, uh, clubs um, anything really that was related to electronic music and I saw there was an opening at Egg um, in King's Cross for a bookings intern so I was doing that um, for three months and they were kind of like I guess it was on probation um, and then I got the job there and I was working as a bookings assistant for over a year and then they gave me um, more work as like PR and writing and stuff and then towards the end uh, of my time at Egg I was doing bookings, co-managing. Sorry, I'm actually still at Egg right now, but um, I'm doing like the managing of the bookings now and I'm leaving at the end of December um, to work for a new club as their bookings manager um, yeah. in Soho, which is going to be more house and disco and really out of my comfort zone, but uh, I'm just doing it because I need something new. Yeah. I'm ready for a challenge and it's run by the same people behind E1 and obviously they have an amazing space and I really trust them um so yeah yeah it's great yeah yeah, yeah. so you progress from uh, from essentially like coming to London to do music to study yeah. music you say okay fuck it I'm gonna drop everything else I just want to do music and whatever yeah. it will allow me to do that I'll do it and you started with um, other random jobs uh, whatever day job you could find yeah eventually you got into music job mm -hmm. and then Egg was your kind of anchor job until now yeah basically yeah and I learned so much in Egg I learned everything about bookings, promoting, what it's like to run a club. Like I had no idea about club life or anything like that when I first joined. Um, there's so much costs <laughs> behind running a club. There's such a team behind running a club. Um, it's been around for 17 years. So I joined like an institution really. And like, I'm so happy I did because yeah, I've learned so much for, like from it. Um, and it's been through so many changes. When it first like was built, there was nothing around the, the club. Now it's surrounded by apartments. And, you know, I joined when those apartments were be being built. And it's kind of shit. Like, it was, there was a tough time when those apartments were built. And there was loads of complaints and everything. But now I think the neighbours have kind of accepted it. Um, but, yeah, I joined a club that has been around for so long. But there was also so many changes. Um, and I got to see how the impact of that in good ways and bad ways. So, yeah, yeah I learned everything about booking and everything there is about the scene I guess through Egg and like I'm so thankful for that so um yeah, yeah. what well, was something you you didn't expect 
to learn and that actually came as unexpected and then it's something you would bring with you wherever you go now? I think um, maybe just trying new things, like trying new things in the club, but sometimes it hasn't worked out. As in maybe just tr like being open-minded, putting new brands and sounds into the club. Mm -hmm. um, like for example, we, well, we now have a lot of residents of Osgood coming to the club to play and when I first joined that was out of the question but now they're playing and it's really great like we're having um I think we're gonna have Virginia in a in February and maybe when I first joined I that would be in a bit like what but like I don't know I think the club has evolved with sound and everything and obviously the agents are more open-minded there now I don't think agents were very open-minded when I joined egg as well um and yeah, I guess, yeah, one thing is to, one thing that I learned is to always kind of, don't be afraid of trying new things unless it's gonna literally bankrupt you. But like, yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent, like try new sounds and new things and see what happens. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think it, the, the thing is that if you risk, eventually you might succeed, you might not succeed. Mm -hmm. So long as you don't really go bankrupt, yeah. I think you should try. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You need to try with like a plan in place. Um, and I guess as well, getting as much information as possible and planning ahead with as much information as possible is always going to be like valuable. Um, also, just being as upfront and transparent as pos possible. Not saying that I was dishonest or anything, but like the more information that you give people when you're running shows, just the better, like from the get go. And also just get everything in writing, everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I'm never going to forget, everything in writing. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And uh, it, it must be very hard for actually for bookers, for uh, managers of a club to actually deal with agents all the time and DJs. Uh, there's always loads of problems and complications. Uh, yeah, so yeah, right. <laughs> That's why you need to everything in writing as yeah. much as you can from the start, just to avoid further hiccups down the line. That's why I always say, just get it in writing. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It saves you a lot of time uh, and hustle uh, at the end. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. makes sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, is there, so how did you, opportunity to work with the new club came about? Did you meet the guys at some point in your career? Did they reach out to you, reach out to them? How was the... Yeah, I found out about them. I saw on RA, they did a little piece about a, a new club called Orange Yard was opening in Soho. And I didn't really look into it, to be honest. I just saw that on RA. Um, and then a friend linked me the piece again and was like, oh, did you see this? Uh, they're probably looking for a bookings manager. Um, so I got in touch through that friend um, I, who, who knows the owners. And um, they, yeah, they, no, we, we went to meet them because um, he was doing stuff with their, I think he was doing stuff in E1 with them. Mm. And he was like, oh yeah, also this is Neve. Um, she might be the perfect candidate for the new club in Soho. Um, so yeah, it's good to have a chat with her. And then I had a chat with them for like hours. Um, and uh, yeah but it was a good chat and then I kind of thought about it for a while and then I went back to them last week and I said yeah I'm just gonna do it I'm gonna take the job um, and yeah it's definitely I'm not gonna be able to book the techno people that I can book an egg and stuff and that's kind of like yeah it's it's very much out of my, my comfort zone to do this but um, I definitely want to try it and I do trust these guys a lot Um, everyone knows the people that own the club and They've been on the scene for years and people at Egg know them. There's a good relationship there. 
So I, yeah, that's kind of like why I, I really trust them. So I'm happy to yeah. do it and happy to take the job. Yeah. And it's a new adventure for you is going to bring a lot of like opportunities to grow for you personally. Yeah, definitely. I feel like this time is really about growing. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, because yeah, I've also just left Mots, which was the collective I was part of for three years. Yeah. So that's another thing. I feel like I've kind of just made changes that are very sudden and like all at once. And I'm just taking it in my stride. I'm not getting too panicked. I'm just taking everything one at a time. Yeah. Um, my brain is always like on the go, like thinking of new ideas and things. So it's not like I'm just sitting on nothing now. Like I have ideas in the back of my head that I'm working <laughs> on. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a new, a new adventure and I'll just have to see what happens and hopefully, yeah. hopefully it'll work out, but. Congrats. I mean, worst case scenario, you just change everything again next year. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. I could do that. But um, yeah, I guess it's because I've been so in my comfort zone in egg for three years and very comfortable. I know everything there. I know. I just know everything about the club. So to do something completely new, not knowing anything really, it's so different and new. But like, I have to do it. Like, it's going to keep my, like, I already have a thick skin, but I think this will make me like more like, more competent and more ready for new challenges, you know? For sure. And either way, it, it, I wish it's going to go super well and I'm pretty mm. sure it's going to go well. Thank you. But even if it didn't work, you're going to grow a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, because I do think the comfort zone is a dangerous place and yeah. I was definitely been in the comfort zone for a long time now. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense. And it, it kind of a, it relates to the, the thing we were discussing before about the club. Like, you need to take risks sometimes and go and stretch out of your or what you're comfortable with, otherwise you will never discover what you can do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, and I, yeah, I want to see what I can do with this, with these new, obviously I know about house music and stuff through Egg and house bookings, um, disco not so much, but um, yeah, I want to see what I can do and what I can bring and yeah, I want to hope for the best. Maybe you'll discover the Ebbas, yeah. huge passion for disco. <laughs> yeah, you know, I might, like, because I've recently, yeah, I've been exposed to so many different genres through egg and like when I first joined I remember all I could talk about was techno in the interview and I still got the job anyway obviously but like working there has exposed me to so many different genres like even last Friday night I was doing artist liaison and um Monkey from BBC Radio 1 was there um mm -hmm. and she was DJing and she was not playing techno obviously but she was playing like house and I don't know she she was just so amazing like she's such an incredible DJ I was I just I didn't really know I knew about her but I never listened to her shows or anything like that but like when she started playing I was like oh my god like she was unreal like she had like four oh. decks and was just incredible what's what's her name again monkey monkey no I don't know her. yeah m-o-n-k-i she's like I would say kind of commercial and very much house music and a beat yeah. that vibe very much so but um still like she was just such a good dj and she just had the room absolutely lit like and that's just incredible to me i'm just like yes <laughs> like i love seeing that you know and it's nothing to do with techno or anything i like personally but you can see like such a positive like room and such a positive vibe i just love seeing that so it's amazing yes and sometimes like i think going back to the comfort zone thing it is that if you if you keep doing the same things where you're comfortable with you kind of don't see, you don't, artificially don't see what else there is in the world. And yeah. there is so many other good things that we can explore, that we can absolutely. find, that we might like, we might not even know. Yeah, absolutely. So much genres of music out there, like Jesus, there's so much more out there than we think, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And going back to Mods. Yeah. So Mods was your big project with uh, three fans of yours. Yeah, so it, Jasmine Azarian, 
Azarian, sorry. Um, yeah, she started this. This was it was her idea three years ago. Um, it started off as an online magazine, um, and then she asked me to get involved with it like a week or something after she set it up, maybe. Um, and Stephanie uh, was also involved. She was a friend from Belfast, um, living in Berlin, and um. The two of them were like mad into their techno in Berlin and then they asked me to come on board yeah like a week later or something uh -huh. um so yeah in the beginning I was like oh my god absolutely like let's just see what happens with this and obviously it evolved so much over the years and became like quite established um we put so much work into it and yeah it just became like something from something like it became something big from something so small I guess just an idea that Jasmine had that kind of went onto like a online magazine and um, we were all writing content uh i was just trying to get as much interviews as possible and just general content right, yeah. from djs that we liked um and yeah it just went from there uh and then jasmine set up the label um she's been doing most of the label stuff now for the last three years i never really got massively involved in it um i just kind of left that to her and she mm -hmm. She's got so much, like, we started just doing premieres um, from different people. I think we did one on from Metampsychosis. Yeah, actually. you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, premieres from different people. And then uh, DJs were making tracks for us and everything. Um, and then we put that out online and we'll get, yeah, we'll get a good bit of traffic. Um, and, yeah, then, then it evolved into events as well. Uh, we did the first party in Berlin three years ago with wow. Ossian. Um, was it Ossian? Yeah, it was. Um, and then we did events in London then as well. And then we did one event in Dublin in the summertime. So we did those three cities. Um, and yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. And, yeah. mm. Even, was it when you first started, like, did you have this big plan in mind or you evolved with that? No, we definitely just evolved. Um, I think that was always a plan, like, as in, it was just like, let's see what happens but I knew it would go somewhere because we were all dedicated to it at the time. Like we were all very like driven and like, yeah, fuck it. Like <laughs> go, like, let's do this. Um, so I kind of knew it was going to go. I thought, I thought like, if, you know, if this keeps going, like, and we keep getting the, the like press and stuff for what we're doing. Um, yeah, we just, it became something big yeah. but we didn't yeah no we didn't have a plan no right yeah so it yeah. was like uh, we just do something we enjoy doing and yeah exactly exactly right, yeah. and i was putting any extra time i had into it because i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed getting to talk to artists that i couldn't normally like reach out to um because i had no reason before Moss, i had no reason to be messaging people that i liked right. or like just i don't know i i really love writing but i wasn't i had no reason to be writing things unless it was an egg press release or something um So I was loving that, like I was loving getting to write and write about people that I, I was interested in and ask them questions and like just work that part of my brain after being on a laptop all day answering emails <laughs> and not yeah. actually using my brain, do you know? Um, so sure. yeah, it was really, it was great for me to be honest. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and then it makes sense because I mean, I think when you do something you really like, Aside from the outcome, even detaching from the outcome, the process of doing it, it yeah. gives you a lot of satisfaction. Oh my God, absolutely. and just. Yeah, you just have to use that part of your brain. It can just go dead, you know. Yeah. You're, you know, that creative part of your brain. Like if you're not, if you're not using it actively, it literally just fizzles away. And this is what happens when you just work too much <laughs> and you don't like, you know, you don't like indulge your passions. You know. Got it. Yeah. Of yeah. Course, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, when you develop your passion, actually, use like your creativity boost. It yeah. gets a lot of boost. 
and it can make sense and then the outcome is usually very positive also for the rest of the world yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and did you did you um, you mentioned that Jasmine was taking care more of the label you were taking care more of the interview was that like a choice that you consciously made or it was just no I think it just fell into things um but I mean yeah we had Ellie uh so Ellie joined as well a few months later in the early days she's another um she's a writer as well from Dublin um and she also loves techno and uh yeah she was really talented she is a really talented writer um she's still in the collective as well um Mm -hmm. and then Maeve O'Connor joined last year um she is a dj from limerick and a producer as well um and she's done a good bit of writing as well and who else georgia we had georgia as well for um about a year um she's another uh dj and producer from wexford so from ireland and she lives in berlin as well um but yeah george is now doing her own thing focusing on her own label which is called skiatic um skiatic will mean it's really good it's yeah 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 we'll link that Mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah she's really talented as well um to be honest like all the girls that have been involved in mots are incredibly talented in their own ways and it was so good to bounce ideas off each other and to have these chats and like it was really it was very rewarding in that sense as well um so, yeah, as time went on, there was like five or six of us um, at one point, um, all very passionate and dedicated and driven. Um, so, yeah, but I think, I don't know, I think Jasmine was always like really on, on the ball with the label kind of side of things. And like, I was just kind of, I would help out where I can, but I was doing kind of more whatever we could do with the online magazine. And then as the events started um, happening, I was becoming much more heavily involved in the events because... Obviously, I work at Egg, and I know what what right, it takes yeah. to put an event on. So it just kind of all came naturally t- to me to do um the event side of things, and um yeah, I do artist liaison as well in Egg from time to time, just for like extra money or whatever. Um and yeah, so I'm very much involved in the nighttime side of things. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, it's really natural for me to just like kind of fall into that and. Yeah. That's what I did a lot of as well. And it kind, of, it kind of makes sense when you're a team, like you eventually split the, you should split the tasks at least yeah. according to skills and yeah. desires or passions. Yeah, definitely. And we did that, I think, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like, it just, it was taking up a lot of my time um, towards the end. And I don't know, I I will, uh, like I've left Mots on a positive note for me anyway. Like we had our last party there in the cause two three weeks ago um and that was just so much fun oh my god that was ridiculous it was just so much fun and I loved to just do that and like I got to play in room one of the cause which I've always just wanted to do like properly um and I was really happy with my set afterwards and I was like oh this is just lovely like I've ended things I've ended my journey with Matt's on a positive note for me anyway um and yeah I just think it's time now to just focus on my own thing and kind of see what will happen next year um and yeah no but it was really really rewarding when what's have to say yeah. yeah yeah i can imagine them you know especially when you do something you you enjoy doing yeah i do enjoy it yeah it's it's a uh, I, I can see it from uh, from your yeah. from how you speak about it yeah no i did i really enjoyed it and like we got so much we were in mix mag as well we had like a four-page feature and i remember being like oh my god like this is just insane and it's so good to see your hard work in like a print magazine what like I just loved it yeah. that was great yeah I, I think this is another thing that I'm, I'm seeing more and more like it and it, it was that expected like you 
expect to get on Mix Mag eventually or it just came? No, I basically met Marcus Barnes, who's the journalist. Um, I met him covering the egg um, birthday uh, a year. We're in 2017 or eight, 2017. I can't remember. 18? Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe it's 20, 2018. Yeah. And I said, we were just chatting and I said, oh, I'm part of a collective called Moths. Um, here's my card thing. Let's stay in touch. Um, and then he, we stayed in touch on and off just messaging about random music stuff. Um, and then he, I messaged him a week, like a month before the Moths event. Um, and I was like, here, Marcus, just, you need to review this. Like, <laughs> just uh-huh. come down. Can you do anything for us? Like, please. Like, I think I was a bit, um, I, I think I might've been a bit pushy, but you know, I didn't care. Um, and <laughs> cause you know, if you don't ask, you don't get like, so um, I, I wrote him an email and yeah, probably asked, I kind of pushed him for it. And then he was like, oh, I'll talk to Duncan about it. And um, then, yeah, we he, or maybe I emailed Duncan directly. I can't actually remember who's the editor of Mixmag. I might have emailed him directly. I can't actually remember. Um, but I definitely asked them for it. Um, and then they agreed. And yeah, Marcus came down that night and interviewed us. And I just was like, oh my God, this is great. Like, so, um, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the credit goes to your work. So it's not just because you had the connection, but probably the connection helped you. Oh, it did. Definitely. Yeah. And because like, I've met so many people through Egg and mm. so many contacts. So I'm like, I'm going to use these contacts. I'm going to absolutely rinse it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Of course, and 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 that's another thing. Like, um, the more I, I do these interviews or I speak with people, like it's always like that. Like, I think the your work, the quality of your work, is what matters. Like, more, it's probably seventy percent, but thirty percent is basically like you need to know people. People need yeah, to know you. Yeah, you do. Unfortunately, but you do. It's normal. I think otherwise we are in a world where it's so overcrowded by there is so many information, so many people that do a lot of stuff. Like, you give like if you don't know a person personally like it's very unlikely that they will bump into your work let's say at the start so it's also a way for you to actually be visible yeah and there's no like if the product in the end is not good nobody will give you anything eventually like yeah they're not going to give you a favor right? just because you know them however if what you're doing is good and is valuable and you know them it just let's say knowing you knowing them is actually an excuse for them to actually see the work yeah it is yeah. it is um and i think as well like with the whole connections thing, like, would anyone want to cover something that's actually shite? Like, no. Because they're going to get in trouble by their bosses or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's like people who are like, oh, um, can't believe so-and-so is getting loads of hype at the moment. It must be who they know and stuff. And it's like, no, actually, like, I know that person is talented and is good at what they do. Like, you're, you're probably just jealous. <laughs> like, yeah, the, I don't know, course. you know, people kind of are very quick to jump to that. Like, it's only because uh, who you know and all this, like, it's like, no, like people don't want to cover or shout about crap. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think our brain make an easier jump to say, hey, they must know someone. That's the reason why they got on the magazine or whatever. Yeah. It's just insecurity. There, I think, there, so, yeah. think about the amount of artists who are absolutely insecure, like so... Like, I feel like half this industry is made up of insecure people who so. are on a power trip or just, like, have massive egos but actually hate themselves. I don't know. That's what I think. Like... <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think it's very tricky. Like, human mind plays the trick, right? So if you are a little bit insecure, now with social media, you see that, like, presumably everybody has a better life than you. Yeah. But you just see, like, a made-up part of people's life and you see the best part of their life... So then you're abstracted and you look at your studio, you're like, oh shit, you know, 
it's raining here. Everybody mm-hmm. seems like is having apparently is having fun. Mm-hmm. He's making shitloads of money. He's playing shitloads of gigs. You only see a selected part of this, and part of that is even fake or is made oh, up of stage, right? No, like I mean, Instagram is complete a load of crap. Like I just yeah, yeah. and. Yeah, it's so easy to get sucked into all of that, but it's. I hope people see that Instagram is literally so false. Like, it's nice to, you know, if you want to share your highlights reel or whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, it's so fake. Like, hello. Like, even I've seen people post something that will come across really cool on Instagram, but like, I've been there at the time. And it's like, well, actually, no, you're in a shite mood. And yeah. like, actually, the vibe is crap here. But you're putting an Instagram anyway, being like, oh my God, like, yes. <laughs> it's, 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 it's exactly. I think being aware of this, it's it's already like making a lot of the work. Yeah. However, like just because of our mind we, we works, like human mind, we see things that we we, are, we think that that is the reality of the world. So you see all these shiny things, everybody's mm-hmm. having fun. You think, oh shit, my life in comparison to these is crap. Mm. And then I think that going back to, to what you were saying before, like, that brings out of insecurity. So if you're a little bit insecure, you don't find your own confidence, like mm-hmm. that thing kind of trashes you every day. Yeah. You wake up and you see everybody's having fun. Everybody's making a lot of money, it's playing oh, or whatever. The worst thing to do is to get Instagram out when you wake up. Yeah. Because you're already starting your day in someone else's life. That's what one of my friends told me recently. And uh, yeah, that is such a good point. I can't stop thinking about it. I'm like, oh my God, that's such a good point. Um, Because I remember I used to do that because I was like, it's good to look at a screen when I wake up because that will just wake me up. Oh my God, ridiculous. I can't believe I used to think that. Um, So yeah, no, don't... Like, to look at Instagram as soon as you wake up and then before you go to sleep, you're literally starting and ending your day in someone else's life for a bit. So yeah, I I hope people, like, are starting to see that, like, it's just so unhealthy and it's just going to make you feel more insecure and, like, it's just so not a productive way to be thinking or spending time. Like It's true, but I think we have a, sh- a huge incentive for us to actually check it because the dopamine, because of the... Oh, yeah, it. self-validation and all that. Exactly. So essentially, you, you look at it or you look that you have likes and Instagram, it releases likes gradually. So you actually get this kind of... It's literally like a drug. So yeah. you're getting drugged by, by watching your phone. Yeah. So you when you wake up, you really want to watch your phone because you're going to get your shot of dopamine. It's a bit of like, it's literally like you're taking drugs. Mm. It's the same thing. So we're kind of fighting against the loads of like media companies or social media where like pushing us to actually get stuck on, on the screen. Yeah. We're fighting against our own, yeah, nature. Completely messed up though. Like Pretty hard, yeah. And the, these companies or whatever, they all know this and they're just yeah. like... Oh, it's just so... I hate it all. Like, I hate it all. But, like, obviously, I do use Instagram for promoting gigs and stuff. And if I see something nice in the street, I usually take a picture and put it up. But that's the the thing as well. You have to kind of use Instagram if you want to promote um, gigs or music things. Um, Usually, I feel like... Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of part of the job. But, I mean, I don't know if... I feel like it's you have to kind of schedule it. It's like, yeah. I'm gonna do that post and then delete Instagram, do you know? Or like yes. just delete the app yeah. and just be like, oh, I'll do the music hype thing and then just delete the app for a few days and then just like consider that a little job done as part of the promo for what I'm doing next for like a, for a DJ thing, do you know? Yes, and it's very tricky, mm. very, very tricky. Like uh, I think I've seen very few people who actually managed to get this balance. Mm. Even people who seem to have a, I, I think, some time ago, I was following this like um, yoga meditation uh, channel on YouTube, and you see the, it's run by a guy and a girl, 
were like very, very beautiful, but also like beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Like they traveled the world, literally like doing yoga, shooting videos of, of them doing these things. Lovely. And they, yeah, and they, they talk a lot about like environment and stuff. And they shot this video where they are saying, we are addicted to internet. That's our biggest addiction. We, we escaped the Western society. We traveled the world, uh, trying to do something good for the environment, good for other people. Well, we realized that we are, we, fall, we fell into this trap of like, we're literally addicted to checking out our YouTube views or our Facebook views as soon as we wake up. And that's something that they had to work on because it, it's, it's so strong, I think, as a, as a chemical pool for all of us that like, even when you are like super, let's say, conscious about these things, you fall into this trap very easily. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you've got any like insecurity or anything like that, yeah, it's... um you just fall into the trap then and yeah. that's then you're addicted and it's just yeah it's a load of shite yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it it's, it's yeah be careful guys and one thing the going back to mods what would be and then we can shift to something else but what would be one of the things you wish you knew before you started being involved in mods oh um i actually because I learned so much on the go, if that makes sense, I, yep. there wasn't any planning. I kind of don't, it's hard to answer that question because, um, yeah, I, I still feel like I could be learning loads. Like, uh, I don't actually, I don't know, because I had, I had already mm-hmm. predicted some things that could go wrong because I've worked in events with egg. So like, l- like with the logistics and kind of boring kind of side to putting events on I already knew all the things that could potentially be a mess up um so if I hadn't worked in egg I might be like oh actually I wish I knew so and so about booking a certain DJ or about um something about the venue that we've worked with or oh um I don't know something about maybe promoting that could have been better mm-hmm. um I already knew so much coming from egg uh so there was it's hard to kind of think oh I could have I wish I knew that something was different the way that was done um yeah. I need to think about that I don't know really um mm-hmm. maybe was... oh okay yeah I probably we did an event in Dublin in the summertime and it was really hard to promote because I'm gonna say because it was summertime and it's Dublin in the summer isn't the best for events and because none of us are based in Dublin we probably didn't really expect it could have been a lot busier basically um so i kind of wish i knew that dublin really is a different scene compared to london because obviously there are there are techno events in london but they'd still be busy to a certain extent um but i guess the scene in dublin is quite different like very different to london so maybe i kind of yeah if i knew a bit more about that um i don't know probably could have cut cut some costs maybe trying to get a better a better um fee for the headliner maybe trying to get a cheaper fee i don't know um (laughs) but yeah i still we still had loads of fun that night um, and it was still a good night but yeah i don't know maybe knowing a bit more about the irish scene possibly for that event but yeah no nothing nothing really that i wish i could have known but but but, yeah it's sometimes we fail everybody fails like the more you do stuff that are harder difficult more challenging the more we fail it's simple yeah and then you learn from that exactly it's a learning yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. And you take it on to your next project and yeah, yeah, it's, it's all, I never really consider anything like, oh my, like I don't have any regrets with anything like with egg or with moths or anything. I don't regret anything because even though I haven't done mistakes and messed up along the way, like I don't regret any of it because it's 
you just learn so much from each one. So, of course. And it makes yeah. you like a stronger person as well. Yeah, and it's very important to actually interpret it as a learning instead of a failure. Yeah. Uh, whatever failure means for, for, for anyone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we had a chat about this with um, Bas from Vault Sessions, who's one of the co-founders of Vault Sessions, this event in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, and he was sharing that, like, yeah, he always thinks about this thing as, a, as learnings and not failure, which is a great approach because essentially you will always fuck it up, fuck it up to a certain extent. Definitely. At yeah. any point, like, because you're going to try to challenge yourself and grow and, and eventually, like, you're always going to, things are never going to work always, all the time. So it's good to frame it as a learning, as you said, and then actually mm. move on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also, just to say, I don't think anyone knows what they're doing, actually. <laughs> At the end of the day, everyone's just winging it, like, and hoping for the best. Yeah. Like, you can't study any of this in school, or yeah. you literally just have to hope for the best and, like, think you're doing the correct thing. <laughs> like, like, no one really knows what they're doing, really. <laughs> and <laughs> test, and then test, see what works, what doesn't work, and then you actually learn, and then uh, figure out ways to... Uh, to improve it mm. yeah yeah and going back to your so I, I know you do a lot of stuff like you're involved yeah. in mods now you, you left mods you were involved in egg mm. um you did a lot of stuff like in, including bookings yeah now you want to work for another club in london yeah you you write also for a publication right yeah so i've done a few bits for dj mag and i'm trying to sign off at an interview with someone who's up and coming um mm. For, I guess, an issue next year? I'm wow. Yeah, it would be next year because they usually do their issues quite far in advance. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm just trying to sign that off. Um, I'm, I don't know if I should say her name in case it doesn't actually go ahead. It's okay, let's not say that. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm trying to... Because I really enjoy writing. Um, so, I, like, writing about music particularly. So, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get more work from them if they'll yeah. give it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how did that come about? Like, do you, do you reach out to them? Yeah, so I used to write for this blog called Chase the Compass, which was um, wow. just like a free, like, like as in it was a blog, but it, it was just like writers coming together and posting. It wasn't paid, basically. Um, mm. But yeah, I wanted to get my foot in the door and I knew Declan and Lucy, um, who are both in DJ Mag as well. No, sorry, Lucy works for Days Magazine now. Um, but I knew Declan and Lucy through uh, mutual friends. Um, and Declan told me uh, about Chase the Compass and Lucy as well, how they set up this blog uh, with their friend Jamie. And it was all about just like writing about mostly housey kind of artists. Um, and I was like, oh, cool. Uh, I'd love to just do a piece up there. Um, yeah, I love writing and I'm just trying to get more experience. So this is actually really funny. Looking back, um, <laughs> I did interviews with Amelie Lenz, uh, Nastia wow. and somebody else. I can't remember who. Uh, before they got really big, I'm just remembering this now, that's actually hilarious. Um, I hope it's still on online, because um, I would not be able to interview them now, I'm presuming. Um, oh, you never so, know, why not? Yeah, maybe. Like, <laughs> if you don't so, try, like, as you say, Yeah, because like, I said, Declan was like, oh, we're looking for more people to write. Um, and I think I reviewed a track that went up on their SoundCloud, because they also had a SoundCloud and they had like a proper platform. Um, so yeah, I reviewed a track for Declan and then I did something else, like another review kind of thing. And I was like, cool, I'm gonna reach out to people for interviews. And then yeah, I got an interview with Amelie Lenz and Nastia and I can't remember, there was someone else, I just can't remember who it was. Yeah. Um, and because Lucy and Declan both worked in DJ Mag at the time, um, I was also like, here, like any DJ Mag work, just give me a shout. And uh, maybe about a year or so later, I did my first piece, which was, um, 
a cheeky bubbler which is a like 10 artists to look out for and I just did two out of 10 artists I did a a drum and bass guy and Holly Lester um she's from Northern Ireland I think yeah oh. is she from Northern Ireland uh, yeah um so the, yeah drum and bass and a house artist um and then as the months went by uh, Anna Wall who's also a DJ um and works for DJ Mag I don't know if she, oh she still does yeah um she emailed me the odd time being like do you want to cover so uh, this person so and so blah blah um, so yeah I just do the odd like little paragraph about um, upcoming artists sometimes mm -hmm. they would let me pick sometimes they would just give me the artist um, and now I just want to get actual features for them I'd really like to do that so yeah. I'm already harassing them a little bit being like I think I should do a feature on this person so yeah because like I, you have to put yourself out there with them because you're a freelance writer so they're not really going to come knocking on your door you need to come up with the ideas and if they like yeah. it then they'll agree yeah, and that makes sense. Mm. So in, in a way, and also like it's a slow process, like to for you to actually get to get more responsibility, more space to do definitely. and to run the thing, and then I think yeah, you know, good work pays off. Eventually. Yeah, you know it does definitely. And I like when I was writing those like cheeky bubbler um, pieces, like I was like, I love doing this, and I'm getting paid for it. So if I can just do more features, like I want, I want to someday definitely write um, a cover story on DJ Mag because. I've seen my own friends do it. Like I've seen people I know quite well write covers for Mix Mag or DJ Mag, and I'm like, I can do that. I know I can. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to do it with someone who I really respect and admire, and uh, yeah, get a full feature with them. So yeah. I'd really like to get there at some point. I'm sure you will. Yeah, so, it takes time. Yes. Yeah, it does take time. Um. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like on my list of things I would like to do. So yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, it's gonna be next year. With hope your... so. Yeah, hope yeah. So. Let's see. Let's see. Fingers yeah. crossed. I hope so. <laughs> nice. And it seems you keep yourself busy with all the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. Um, because there's no, there's no like solid pattern. A lot of the time, you just have to keep going with doing different like jobs. I guess. Um, because it's the music industry, it's not exactly swimming with money, really, unless yeah. you're, like, unless you're Carl Cox, basically, or an agent of a massive DJ. Like, just being honest, there's either the extreme wealthy people on the in the industry or the people, every or literally everyone else who's yeah. <laughs> way at the bottom. Um, but because I really enjoy everything that I do, like, it doesn't feel like I'm working myself to death or anything. Like, I love doing all of these things. And, I, and it's just it's just invigorating, like, just yeah. meeting new people, doing new things. Um, and, yeah, you just kind of have to keep busy, I guess. But, like, I don't know. I'd be kind of bored just, like, going to work. Like, I enjoy booking and going to work. But also, if that was all I was doing, that's really boring. Yeah, for sure. You know? And I think it keeps you motivated. We're yeah, it does. About, yeah. And also, there, it gives you so much flexibility with, I don't know, like, just doing new things and, like, meeting people that you wouldn't usually meet through your job. And just, it's like, you know, DJ Mag, I can cover certain people that maybe I couldn't cover with Moths. Um, and with Moths, I could feature people that I couldn't cover in DJ Mag. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I just... I'm just interested in everything and everyone yeah. to do with music and I just want to do everything. <laughs> and it's amazing. It seems you're managing to do a fair amount of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I had... Yeah, I've mentioned this before, before we started. Yeah, I was saying... Because I've really cut back on alcohol. I haven't totally stopped drinking or anything, but I'm really strict with how much I drink now and when I drink. Um, and I don't take any drugs. 
at all. Uh, so I have a lot more time to be that I'm not, I don't feel like I'm dying. And um, my brain is way more clear and focused. And if I have drink, that's going to cloud my, my, my mind and my brain and it's going to demotivate me. And yeah. like, I've had so, I've had years, like I've had, I've done all that. Like, you know, like I had my early twenties or whatever and my teenage years where I drank loads and I just don't have a desire to be doing that. Like, yeah. you know, um, yeah. So you just have to, yeah, look like honestly looking, you're looking after yourself in every possible way, really, that makes you just be able to do everything. I, I think so. I think it's super important. Yeah. And, it, and my guess is that because you have so many other things that kind of pull you, like your week is so full of intense or weekend as well. It's so mm. full of intense of things you love. Yeah. That if something else gets in the way, it might be not sleeping enough mm. or alcohol or any other thing. Mm. Like you don't, for you it's like, my life is, is all the things that I do. Like, do I want to give up on that? Because I want to get whatever. I will just want to forget sleeping for two days. No, probably it's not worth. You want to keep like the preference that goes to the, to your life. Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't want to waste time feeling like crap or just being irritable. Like I've done that so often in the past and it just hasn't brought me anything. And I don't know, I just like staying like clear and like focused and I want to get things done that I want to do, you know? Um, and yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, I, I have, maybe I have a bit of a fear as well because I don't have any qualifications. I don't have a thing to just like fall back on. I'm just kind of like, I just have to keep progressing because there's nothing else to, there's nothing I can, there's nothing I can just like whip out and be like, oh, well I have this qualification in accounting. Like, no, <laughs> I'm never gonna be able to do any of that. Like I have to just keep going and just try and do as much as I can. And like, maybe at some point I'll be able to cut back a little bit. Um, but no, I also enjoy it, you know? Yeah, if you enjoy it, I mean, that keeps you going. For yeah. sure, keeps you motivated. Mm. And do you have any suggestions for, for someone who is new to London or who has been living here and is struggling because they probably want to do something with music, but they realize, as you said, that like, it's a very tough industry. Mm. There is not a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> which means you probably need to do, if you want to be an artist, you probably need to do at least for quite some time, you need to do another job that kind of pays the bills and keeps you going. Any suggestions, anything that worked for you and your experience? Uh, I know you worked, you did all the jobs. In yeah. The um, well, yeah, if you're new to London, I guess, and if you want to be working in the music industry, um, you just have to look out for any opportunities in a booking agent, a club, um, a record label, um, a record store even. You could go into like selling records, which is a hard work as well because you're expected to be on like in that shop floor like at a certain time every day. Like, I know Luther Vine, who's the resident of Egg, one of the resident DJs, um, he works at Fonica, and he'll play a set at Egg from maybe 5 to 7 in the morning, and then he has to go to Fonica at 11, so he might have four hours sleep or no sleep at all. Um, we went to give him a shout-out. Yes, uh. Luther Vine. Yeah, absolute respect for him. Um, so, yeah, like, just look out for any jobs that are music-related, anything at all, at all. Um I, I mean, I just, I, back when I was looking, I just looked on like Fabric, Ministry of Sound, Egg, um, probably Village Underground as well, Korska Studios. I went directly to the websites, but now Resident Advisor have um, Doors Open, which is, which lists all the music jobs in London and it's oh, really yeah. handy. Um, also Music Week, uh, you can go into jobs there. They might have more jobs that are maybe like, um, 
Mm, I see loads of jobs there, but they're really specific, like data analyst for like a really obscure like label or something like that. Um, <laughs> but doors open, keep an eye on doors open on Resident Advisor like every day. Um, they list all the jobs and they're so varied, like jobs at Resident Advisor itself or uh, SoundCloud, Beatport. Um, where else did I see? Um, yeah, the booking agencies. Um, so just you just have to keep an eye out and also don't be afraid to message people email people directly like I remember I emailed um Annie Max manager one time when I was feeling really desperate because I couldn't find anything and um I think she was listed on Annie Max uh, Facebook page wow. and I was just like hey sorry for the complete random email but um if you're looking for assistant and like an assistant I'll do free work unpaid like I'll be around I'm just looking for experience um and they wrote me like a really polite email back being like, oh, we're not looking for anyone, but if anything changes, we'll let you know. Thanks so much, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I did email people directly a good few times, actually, like mostly managers of artists um, yeah. because they're listed on the, art, the Facebook page of uh, DJs, just FYI. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it was all no's, but at least people got back to me. Um, so yeah. And I, I guess, I mean, if you don't try, you never know. Yeah, exactly. If you don't ask, you never know. You, you have to ask. You have to ask, yeah. It's, 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 I think it's a, it's a big learning for a lot of us who have asked. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you got a lot of no's, but you got also some yes. At yeah. some point, it works. Yeah, no, like, and even most of the things that I've done that have gone well or, like, any exposure that I've gotten, I've just asked people, like, I, it's very rare that people have offered me things straight up. Yeah. I, I just ask nonstop sometimes. Um, and, yeah, until they say yes, really, or no. But, um... That's yeah. the thing, even getting on all, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, at least you know then. And also, um, I'm trying to think in real life, if the person is going out and about, um, maybe they could, I don't know, there's no harm chatting to the actual DJ that you see playing if they seem sound and if you're not, like, I guess, being weird or whatever. Because, <laughs> um, you know, the way, like, a lot of DJs actually sometimes are out and about before they're set, uh, like, in the crowd or... They might just be wandering around. Um, like I remember going to Tobacco Dock and Richie Houghton just like strolled past me. This was years ago, and I was like, "Wow, I didn't think they actually just walked around like what." Um, you can yeah, just like approach them and introduce yourself and just stay in touch with them. Like email addresses. I think Daniel Avery was saying this at your home of sound. He was like, "I love personal connections yeah. and people who are just like, hey, I like your label. Uh, can I send tracks?" <laughs> you know, it's nice to like. People respect, I guess, sometimes if you just go up to them straight up and ask them. So, um, for sure. But like, also don't be a dick either. No, <laughs> I think that that's another big thing that like um, there is a fine line between like being transactional, mm. being like going to someone and, and just asking them stuff, mm. or going to meet them because you want something from them. Yeah, actually, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, there is a fine line, but I guess you just have to be genuine. Like, if you genuinely like the artist and respect the artist and like you've done your research, like let's say you want to release on their label or you want to work with them or you want to assist their agent yeah. um, for numerous reasons. Like you could even just like be like, do you mind if I have your email address? I'll just write you a quick email. Um, just like, you know, make a point of why, you know, you want to do this. And if it is a transactional thing, like if you're just doing it for yourself, well, maybe you need to question that. <laughs> like yeah. maybe you should be like, mm, what do I actually want to get out of this? Like, or like, what am I Am I just doing this to get something out of it? Um, Cause yeah, there is a fine line with that. Um, 
yeah, you should probably just check yourself, I'd say. Yeah, I, I think so, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I was always uh, of the view that, like, I always say, oh, yeah, you should add value to people in general. Mm. Like, I always thought, okay, this is a, it, for me, it's like, I always frame it as, I'm going to go there non-transactionally, but I want to add value. I want to find something that is useful for them. Yeah. And at some point, maybe I'll find a way to work with these people. Yeah. I actually just <laughs> listened to another podcast from uh, Tim Ferriss, who does podcasts about, with business people, athletes, and, mm. and that kind of stuff. And he says, usually when you say adding value to someone else, it's because you want something back. Mm. So there is a, I'm, I'm trying to, to understand really what is the fine line, because sometimes uh, you, you want to meet a person because you really like their work, yeah. right? You are generally attracted by the work. Mm. And you're thinking maybe you, you want to release on their label. Yeah. So then you approach them. I, I think for me, for me, where I draw the line, at least personally, is like to say, I go and try to meet them just to make friends. And maybe we like each other mm. and we have a, call it friendship, relationship. And I don't expect that to convert into something that is useful for me. Mm. And then at some point, if there is something that I think where they can be helpful for me or I can be helpful for them, I just ask. And I try to make it as soon as, like, as clear as possible that no obligations. Like if, you know, maybe I want to send them a demo, it's okay if they don't listen mm. to it. I want yeah. to make it clear. Yeah. So they have the choice of saying, you know, I'm not interested in demos. I'm not taking any demos at the moment. I'm focusing on my own things. Mm. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Yeah. And then I think for a lot of people it works because it, it's like, let's pause this for a second in the music industry. Like if you was friends, you would do the same things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you just have to like, yeah, that is a good way to look at it, I guess. But I'm just thinking as well, like, I don't know, there's a lot of like, oh, if I scratch your rack, <laughs> you scratch <laughs> mine. Like, um, people actually get by with that attitude as well. Like, people who are looking for one thing, they're like, oh, like, I don't know, if I, if you write about me, I'll... Do this for you. Yeah, or... exactly. Yeah. And then, but it does result in things for both people involved. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There is, I don't know. Maybe the key is transparency, right? Mm. So if I go and I have an agenda, a secret agenda, yeah. and I meet you at night, just let's say, I just want you to sign me my music. Mm. And I don't tell you anything. I try to be the guy who's like, oh, I'll offer you a drink. Mm. Or let's say I do whatever I can just so that you need to reciprocate the thing, yeah. right? I can ask you a big thing tomorrow. That is a bit tricky, but of course, I mean, it can happen and it might be valuable for both eventually. Mm. But then if you go there, transparent, it's like, look, I really like your music. Would you mind if I send you a demo? And you are open, like, mm. that's exactly like, that's generally like you're interested in the other person. Then you let them choose whether they are interested or not. Yeah, definitely. That's actually, yeah, that is the way to do it. And also, um, in the beginning, like, I don't know, I'd be messaging labels. I mean, like, I'd love to release on your label. Would you consider this? But no, actually, that's the wrong way. Um, I think you should just email people that you like and ask them for feedback on the tracks. Mm. Like, that's... Just ask them for feedback. Um, sometimes they won't give it to you. They don't have time. Who has time for listening to tracks anymore anyway? <laughs> like, it's... I don't know. Like, how... Like, people are really busy um, yeah. and they don't have time but some people do have time and they want to give you like a, a few minutes of their day and that's really sound and um, like thank god for those people um, but yeah just asking for feedback I guess as well is better than being like oh I want to release on your label or do you mind listening like I'd love to have them release just don't even just leave all that just be like I'd really appreciate some feedback from one artist to another you know I think it's another very good way yeah and you in a way you're sending them music. If they like it and they have space on the label and and they listen to it, they have time to listen to it, probably they will ask you. 
Yeah. And well, yeah, it has to fit their label as well. That's another yeah. thing. And uh, like people have their own ideas of what they want their label to sound and who works and who doesn't work sound wise. Um, I mean, just put like, sorry, I know this was a question about the industry and now I'm talking about labels oh, and releasing, really. but um, just also just like put it out yourself either. Like if it's your first thing, just just put it out there and brand it well. Like if you know any graphic designers, like maybe work together on it. Um, I'm just thinking that's probably going to cost money as well though, but there you just have to find a way to get stuff out there if things aren't working and just but like do email as many people as you can who you respect and if you know them personally or like if you see them on a night out or I don't know you just have to be respectful and just be genuine like yeah yeah I, I think it's super important and and going to to your point of like releasing on your, your own way mm. I think that's like something that's available to anyone is basically almost zero cost yeah. You can set up Bandcamp as an artist page. Exactly, yeah. For your artist, and it doesn't cost any money. Yeah, and it, you're out there then, you know, yeah, in yeah, some yeah. form. It's not just sitting on, on your um, on your laptop in a folder. Like, yeah. it's out there then. A lot of DJs, or at least the DJs who want to be contacted with promos, most of them, they have their own email address on SoundCloud, for instance. Yeah. Very easy to go on DJs that you like and check. I mean, if they're into promos, probably they have their email out. So then for you sending promos, you can do that as cheap as sending a BCC email. Mm. Be careful, don't do CC because I've seen a lot of these emails where like there is a list of, a huge list of DJs. It, it doesn't feel good because yeah. you know, like it just doesn't feel good because you Oh always... yeah, don't be doing that either. <laughs> like no, nobody wants to see the copy and paste email. Yeah. And oh my God, I've had people email my egg address, no idea how they got it. Being like, um, hey, fabric team, or like, oh, hey, uh, what was it? <laughs> Love to play in, like, they mentioned Ministry Sound as well. It's just like people looking for DJ gigs, and I'm like, no, don't do that, please. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's one of the, okay, so so I, I think there's a fine line here as well. Like, pro, sending promos, it's a, it's a bad email that you send, and mm -hmm. that's okay. I mean, like, people are used to it, that it's kind of people expect that. Yeah. And there are tools that allow you to do that in a very effective way. Mm -hmm. Labelworks is one of them. Your distributor probably has others, if you're yeah. a distributor. But I think the what you were saying, like, when you get an email that is addressed to someone else, that's it. I don't mind it pisses you off, like, in a way, you know? Yeah, it's just like, oh, sad. <laughs> you're like, okay, fuck you, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, it's a bit, it's just disappointing, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, can, can you at least, like, spell my name correctly, or, or, oh, or just take the time to actually write why you, you would like to do something with me? Oh, yeah, like, oh, no, people actually never spell my name correctly, but that's not nothing to do with anything, but it's just hilarious how they spell <sighs> Neve, even though... It says it in my email address, but anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, the, yeah, just like, yeah, those batch emails, just be careful with them. Just be careful. <laughs> I, I received one of one of the, let's say, best, not to say worst, emails ever, like I think a week ago. So it's an email addresses to, to my, my label, and, and it says something like, my music, that's the subject. Okay. Uh, and and really it's, it's really like, okay, let's see, let's just see. And then the message is this, hello, mm. no punctuation anything, but forget oh. about that. Oh yeah, never punctuation. <laughs> yeah. I need to release this music, two tracks attached, full stop. Oh, no, no. Yeah, oh. like, th no, that is... Oh, oh, something like, I need to release the music, let me know. What the fuck? But that is the standard, a lot of the time. 
this is what happens. That, that's it. Yeah. I've seen it. Like, it's shocking. Yeah, it's I funny. wonder, I, I wonder about who was writing these. Like, are they sober at the time? I don't know. <laughs> Man, maybe, I mean, it's just lack of sensitivity. Maybe you just uh, someone who would generally just want to release the music. They just, just say, okay, I just made this piece of music. I'm going to send it to any email I can find on the internet. Well, that's completely soulless. Soulless, yeah. <laughs> Katie, yes, uh, I would love to actually put out uh, something like an uh, etiquette for people to just write emails that at least are nice. I know, but people talk about this and they still don't, no one seems to care still. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's interesting. <laughs> what, did you listen to the tracks? No, oh. no, I deleted the email. Like, I mean, it's, I, 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 I generally listen to anything that is personally addressed to me mm-hmm. with a message, a personal message. Yeah. I listen to anything. It might take me a month, mm-hmm. but I will listen and I give feedback whenever I can. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, it, that's that's something that I I wish people had done uh, had done with me. So I yeah. will always do it with other people. Mm. But if you send me a message, it's like batch sent, no context at all. It is like it's a super transactional. I'm never gonna listen. Yeah, to obviously that. you're not gonna do that. Um, I'm very curious to know though about that guy. But uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Maybe okay. So I'm gonna sanitize the email. Maybe I'm gonna put it as an example of uh, how not to send an email. I'm gonna I'm not gonna put the real name and address. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To avoid it, like you know, this person mm. put them. Maybe they're a good person, whatever. But the, <laughs> but I just want to make sure that like any producer who's thinking to send emails, like, they don't do the same mistake. Yeah, just, don't do that. And just yeah, start off with the people you actually like. Um, yeah. And personalize it. Like yeah, it's very simple. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, I, mean, I mean, anyways, <laughs> going back to your path, like you know, one thing that we haven't discussed or covered yet is actually your music career like you're also DJ yeah so I love DJing so much um I started it five or six years ago in Dublin that's actually how I met Jasmine um we both signed up to this DJ class in Dublin in the basement of this club um and yeah we started mixing started to learn how to mix then like I was absolutely horrendous though um I mean, of course, like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I saved up and got, um, I think eight hundreds was it? Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, I was into house music at the time. Um, like deep house, that's what I was practicing with. Um, and tech house as well. Um, that's what I was mad into. And um, yeah, so I was practicing that, and then I was just yeah, I just wanted to start DJing because I was interested in music and. I wanted to know what all the buttons meant and what the mixer was and all this mad stuff. I just was like, what the hell is all that? And I was going out to nightclubs where I just thought like, oh, I probably could do so much better than this. Like the tracks are shite here, but I actually wasn't going to the right places at all until a bit later. But anyway, um, yeah, like I was just going to like these like classic nightclubs in Dublin that were just like my friends were going to and it was all like pop music. And I was like, what the hell? Like, no. Um, so yeah that's how I got into DJing basically and then um I just I kept practicing and I got more gigs in Dublin then and sometimes Jasmine and I would play together as well um like back to back and yeah I I just that's how I got into it and how it started and then I moved to London uh after about a year of like practicing DJing and see where seeing where that was going and when I moved to London, I completely stopped DJing and just completely forgot about it. Um, and then as the more bored I became in my job in Topshop, um, I was like, I want to start DJing again, but I don't have decks or anything over here. And um, I was looking up, like, I, I didn't really feel like I had any knowledge on DJing, even though I was 
I, I did it in Dublin, but I still didn't know what the hell I was doing, yeah. to be honest. Like, I really didn't. And, like, my technique and everything was just crap for a long time. And, yeah, so, like, when I finished, when I left Dublin, I remember kind of being like, oh, yeah, I should probably keep DJing because I really need to get better at it. But um, I just didn't. I stopped it for two years. And, yeah, then I signed up to this part-time course um which was like once a week on it wasn't like an intro to DJing it was like how to kind of you have a rough rough idea of DJing and you want to expand on it so I, I did that once a week um when I was working in Topshop and then I got back into it very gradually um and was enjoying that I became more into like techno and I was mad into like drum code at one point as well um and yeah just learning different kind of styles of techno I was doing that and then then after three years of Topshop, I was like, I hate this. Um, I'm going to go back to Dublin, not pay rent, live with my parents, get a job and save that money to do music production. And then uh, when I moved back to London to do music production, I was like, I want to do DJing again. Wow. But I didn't really, I was focusing on production then. And then my production course finished and then I started working in egg like full time. And production and DJing kind of fell to the wayside a little bit. Um, and then about a year and a half of working into egg, no, two years, it was probably two years, I was like, can I use the decks in the club, like, when I finish in the office, um, so I go down to the basement on a... Amazing, they let you do it. Yeah, wow. yeah, Amazing. so I would practice mixing down there, um, but then also I went to see Mantas in, who used to run on the fifth day, the parties, um, yeah. I met him at some point in this journey, <laughs> was it when I maybe I can't remember maybe two years ago um yeah I met him and I was still like I don't actually know what I'm doing with DJing really at the end of the day like and I I just want to know I just want to improve like I just wasn't improving and I probably I wasn't putting in, in enough practice at that point so yeah I started mixing with Mantis and he was like we're just breaking down DJing for me and like what like just looking at different ways and he was just like basically you need to get better at beat matching that was that was basically it um but yeah, so he was kind of giving me motivation and um, yeah, he was giving me motivation into like to DJ again. And then, yeah, then I would practice an egg and uh, through Mots, I started to get gigs through Mots. And then yeah. uh, through two mutual friends, I guess, I was getting gigs and I'm so thankful for that. Oh my God. Um, and then up until recently, I started getting gigs in egg just very recently. Um. So yeah, the more gigs that were was being presented, I was like, oh, I really want to keep this up. I really want to DJ and keep it up and just like keep working on it. So yeah. um, and it's it's amazing actually. I mean, uh, you 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 kind of represented a lot of like people in, in, in what you said. It is basically life sometimes takes over. Oh, completely took over. Yeah, takes over and then it's it's fine. You yeah. can always go back to DJing if you mm. want. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and, and i know mantas has helped a lot of people actually that i know oh London. yeah absolutely right. um so we put it the links for sure in the show notes as yeah, well. yeah because like he's um i had i had that teacher in dublin uh, aaron shout out to aaron um mm-hmm. and then i had the teachers in sub bass and i learned a lot there but in terms of djing i don't know i I, I could have learned a lot more, to be honest. Um, and I taught a lot of things, obviously, myself with the trial and error that obviously led to loads of bad habits, uh, loads of self-doubts, absolutely uh-huh. no confidence. And this translated into my DJing as well. I just didn't, I wasn't confident in my DJing. I was messing up so often. Um, and I still do mess up, like, obviously. Um, but, 
yeah, Mantis just really went for it in a completely different approach. Like, all right, what the hell? It was mad, um, but it was so needed. Uh, so yeah, really That's thankful right. for the ways that he taught me. It, yeah, I'd recommend, I'd recommend going to him if you're yeah. just questioning DJing and like what the hell it is and just improvements on your techniques and just to get out of your bad habits. Oh my God, it's so important because I was doing the wrong things and also, but there isn't actually... I, do, I don't think it's right to be, like, the wrong way of DJing. I think it's just, like, technical things I, what I probably shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's actually any rules with DJing, really, at the end of the day. Like, you just have to be confident and believe in your sound and your technical ability. Like, it's bad to be, like, there's a certain way you have to mix this and this. But you just have to follow your ears, what sounds right, yeah. and be self-assured, definitely. Yeah. I, I think having a, um, someone who coaches you... Yeah. It helps a lot. And yeah, for your confidence. Exactly. Oh my God, your confidence your confidence is boosted and any doubts you have, you can just ask them immediately yeah. and they'll try and put, because I had no confidence and I still, my confidence is better now, but like it used to be absolutely below zero. Um, So having someone to help you along the way is a huge, huge help. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then actually developing this technical ability then allows you to build on top and make whatever you want out absolutely. of DJing you want. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you just want to try like more new things like I I love techno but I, I want to try and mix different genres in together and just make it a really colorful experience for people um because I know when I go out I'm sober a lot of the time and I want the DJ to really throw me you know keep me on my toes yeah. like scare me do something mad like play a mad curveball of a track like just like suck me in kind of and now like that's what I want to do when I mix like I want to maybe throw people a bit and just cover loads of different things but then again I mean I've seen DJs like I'm just gonna use Luke Slater for an example mm-hmm. he he's not one for curveballs but yeah. he's still I don't know he's still so he still keeps you on the floor like he yeah. still keeps you I- engaged Um, but he wouldn't be playing mad like trance or like yeah. mad shit in between he has a, like a very distinct sound but it's still engaging I don't know how he does it yeah <laughs> I think it's easy I don't know it's, it's groove like you, one of the things I've realized over the years is that like you can hear the same track played by two different DJs mm. and it would be a completely different experience. Mm, that's true, actually. Because people like the way they play, the way they kind of uh, put accents on a track with mm. the cue, how they put the track, they merge the track with another one, exactly. they layer on top of another one, they play it, it's going to be completely different. Maybe Luke Slater has his own way to actually give this groove that is. Uh, oh, he definitely does. Yeah. He does. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that's why I think it's important to just, yeah, because like he obviously has his own style um, and that's his and that's what you can build on yourself. You can find your own style and find your own groove and you just have to be confident about it and self-assured with it. And it takes time, yeah. Mm, yeah, oh my God, it takes time. And also just playing out as much as possible, even if the gigs that you're playing aren't actually what you want to play or you're playing to four people in the room, it's still an experience and I can't stress that enough. Like you can be mixing and confident enough by yourself in your bedroom or in a studio by yourself, but when you play out, oh my God, everything is different. Um, So yeah, playing out is so important. Saying yes to everything, even if it's maybe not, maybe you can't really play exactly what you want to play, but don't say no to any gig, like really like unless it's complete like EDM that or something and you're like I don't know how to mix that I don't know maybe don't do that but um 
yeah, if it's like vaguely within your it's training, training. Yeah, it's actually a real world training. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. so important. The more that you do, the better. Like yeah, mm. great. It seems that you have a lot of things in your life that are related to music, and that gives you a lot of joy, a lot of drive, a lot of energy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can feel you. It seems like you never stop. You're like, always like thinking about what's next. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to live in the now and all that. Yeah. Like, but um, I am thinking ahead a lot of the time as well because you just have to because there isn't really massive stability either. And yeah, it just isn't. It's not a very stable industry and yeah. you just don't know what's around the corner a lot of the time. Um, and you just have to keep things going and like, because that will lead to hopefully more things and it's like with the DJ Mag stuff, I'm like, I really want to keep writing for them, doing bits for them if they have it, because then I can hopefully eventually do more with them. And that's why like, I'm pitching these ideas to people. And yeah, like I, I don't know, it's really hard to, it's, re it's just really hard to be, feel like stable and like feel in a, in a nice bubble. Like, yeah. no, it's just, it's too difficult in this industry. Yeah, yeah, it, it takes time. Yeah, like, it we takes time before, and you just have time. to, you need to have some plan and you need to have ambition because yeah, it's just not straightforward really a lot of the time. Yeah, it's not, mm. yeah. But since you're managing really well. <laughs> yeah, I am, I am managing it well, but that's, yeah, I am really strict now on like, if I'm if I'm going out as well, like I'm just strict on. I don't want to be out all night anymore. Um, right. Yeah. And I I don't know. I work a lot of nighttime events as well, so I don't know. I'm really careful about like getting enough sleep. Like I don't know. Calendars are amazing. Like diaries. Like I just have a Google Calendar, and um yeah, I just everything is recorded in there. Yeah. Just like what needs to be done on a certain time and. Yeah, everything's very timed, but um, very very structured. Yeah. Is there a way we're wrapping up? So we'll let you also go and have some rest, right? <laughs> and um, is there a way that you you actually manage your calendar? So do you have like a set schedule every day, every week? Um, kind of and no. Like, I know I have to be in the egg office um Tuesday to Friday because it's not open on a Monday. So mm -hmm. on a Monday, um that's like my day off kind of. So I would do any other kind of outstanding bits or I would actually, recently I've just actually been practicing DJing in a studio where it's really cheap because it's off peak. Um, so I usually spend my Mondays in the studio practicing. Mm -hmm. um, and then Tuesday to Friday, yeah, I'd be in the egg office. Um, and then I usually in the evening time practice DJing in the basement there. Um, but I'm doing that because I know I have gigs ahead. Like I have That's a gig right. in Berlin in two weeks. So I'm like, okay, shit, like need to practice. <laughs> um, need to like just have some kind of, I just need to practice mixing basically. Um, so that's the reason why I do that. I'd be like, okay, so I need to practice in the basement like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then Friday I might be working in the office during the day or I might be working from home because mm -hmm. I'd be doing artist lays on that night. Um, or, and then so that means I have to sleep a bit on Saturday and then Saturday when I wake up, I usually do something nice, um, like a nice activity of some sorts, um, or just like just chill or just do something. Um, see friends. Normal yeah, see life. friends. Normal things. It's so important to do that because I wasn't doing that for months. Actually, I was literally just doing stuff all the time, like just boring stuff as well, admin. And then I was like, oh my god, is this the point of my life? Like, no, it's not. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just seeing friends, just enjoying enjoying London. I have like a new appreciation for London now. I'm like. I just realized the other day, I was like, I'm definitely not going to be in the city forever. So I just want to enjoy it because it's a mad place, but like, it's important to enjoy this city as well. Like I'm so lucky I live in London and 
I don't know, we are, yeah. like not in the country somewhere, which isn't obviously nothing wrong with that, but I wouldn't be suited to that. And I'm lucky I don't, I'm not locked in one place and yeah. I can live in this mad city. So um, yeah, just enjoying London. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important otherwise uh, you lose also the point like, Yeah. of being in the present. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. just and you just do things that aren't even associated with mu- uh, music as well. And like even, I don't know, like I want to go to the cinema at some point and see The Irishman, which is, um, uh-huh. yeah, because I love Robert De Niro and yeah. Um, I don't know, I need to do that. I'm like, okay, I need to put that one of my Saturdays. I need to definitely do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there is, yeah, there is like a structure. It, yeah, I do follow a structure, but yeah. I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, it keeps uh, like having a busy schedule, like as you do, mm-hmm. like having a lot of things, he, I guess it helps you yeah. having a structure. Oh, it massively helps me. Um, and it helps me feel like I'm kind of in control of things and not forgetting things. Like, I don't want to forget something that I agreed to. Like, as soon as I agreed to anything, I'm like, needs to go in the diary. So, yeah. Don't freak out, yeah. Yeah. That Does makes that sense. Help? Yeah. yeah. Where can people find more about your work, your new projects, mm, current um, projects? Yeah, so I guess... Um, I was just gonna say Instagram, but I not really like my Instagram's mad. There's like some stuff about DJing up there, but I don't know. There's a lot of like scenes. I love like filtering like scenes and making them look like you're on a mad acid trip or something. Um, but yeah, so maybe not Instagram. Well, yeah, no. Um, I don't know. You can follow my SoundCloud. Um, SoundCloud, yeah, sure. Yeah, or my Facebook page, which I set up a few months ago. So it's kind of a bit like blah, you know. Um, and I don't know, I, I don't know, I'm thinking of, I don't know, I'd like to start a platform of sorts, um, but I'm also not quite sure what the, uh, what the vision is or the idea, I guess it's a bit similar to what you're doing with Home of Sound, but maybe not with, like, you had Daniel Avery and stuff, like, really established people, maybe, I don't know, I'm kind of just thinking of a few things, because, I meet I I meet so many interesting people on a daily basis um yeah. and like I don't know I just I feel like but no one's out there at the same time like you're doing this this is amazing because mm-hmm. I can't really Thanks. think of any other people doing this like I know RA have an exchange but like I, I I've listened to a good few of their exchanges but a lot of the time I'm like here I think so and so should be on the RA exchange but like they're not gonna yeah <laughs> it's not gonna happen <laughs> I, I'm not very familiar with uh, with uh are exchange but uh, I know Red Bull Music Academy does a lot of um, I guess interviews okay with, uh, yeah with I didn't know that yeah they do it uh, I don't know if there is a set place but I've heard one with object okay and I don't remember who else um, I had one one live a year and a half ago in a festival with Bagaton from Raster mm. um, yeah so Red Bull is very active doing yeah. live interviews mm. I like the format I think also I like what we're trying to do with almost sound is a bit more also on the personal side which is mm. not just like throwing questions at them about their artistic career but it's yeah. also about uh, what are things that they've learned uh, like I, I love this thing of like trying to unpack what people have learned yeah definitely and that's what keeps it interesting because yeah. like you have to think that, like the human side of people I like I feel like they're all of this like I'm really interested in people and yeah. I want to know like their human side like their personality you know not just like the face of just like them as an artist or I don't know the, the kind of impression of them in the industry like I'm just so interested and because I've met so many mad hilarious people and you maybe wouldn't think that unless like on that like on the upfront kind of thing if you see them in a publication or whatever um 
But as well, I'm really interested in like the people behind the scenes because I am really behind the scenes and in the music industry. And I like, yeah, I've met so many people who are just madly really interesting to me. And they're not, they're not like famous or, um, you know, widely recognized as, as like a DJ. They're doing loads of things and they're working really hard and they're just inter- like interesting people. So, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just, try- I'm just sitting on a few ideas at the moment, but, um, yeah, I'd really like, you know, next year I want to be really like out of my shell and like properly doing what I've, what I want to do and just seeing what, what happens. It's hard to plan and have an ambition with things like that as well, because, you're just going off an idea that you have and you're hoping for the best, you know, so... And things change. Uh, yeah, and things do change. And, I mean, I just want to have my health and, like, next year, to be honest. Like, I don't know. I think it's important that people people get really swept up with being like, oh, this is what I want to do and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, my God, like, just relax. Like, <laughs> just look after yourself first and then you'll be grand, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. really, like, a big, big success. Yeah, so. definitely. Great, so... We'll hear a lot more from you, for sure. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> whenever, whenever you have something you want to share, like, feel free to share it with our community. Thank uh, you, I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And looking forward to hearing the, and seeing the work that you do. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. We'll just, um, yeah, I'm just going to go with it and, yeah, see what happens. Amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you. <laughs>